It's good to be here among you. I'm glad to have Brother Maddox read the scripture. I'm glad to see his involvement and his love for the things of the Lord. Well, the title for my message today is He Shall Be Called a Nazarene, Part 4. So if believe it or not, I might get to the end of it today. Part 1 was a sermon when I went through Matthew 2.23, showing how that Jesus Christ, with his association with Nazareth, was despised and rejected and scorned and ridiculed and mocked. And uh, to this day, in different countries of the world, Christians are called Nazarenes and are also subjected to the same conditions of persecution. And the part two of this was a class where I went through, uh, in the book of Matthew, 16 prophecies of Christ, showing that in each case... There was a, an event that happened, and it said that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying. And then you have a reference of where the the uh, reference would be in the Old Testament, where you can find actually what was written. And part three was a sermon where I went through the, and discussed whether or not Jesus was a Nazarite, because there's some confusion in this and this is part four. Well, I'd like to finish and clear up any any uh, questions, and I might raise more questions that I have to address later, but I'm excited about this. I see my good friend, Brother Jonathan Blakely, is here, and a few months ago, he gave me a Bible, which was a copy of William Tyndale's uh, a facsimile of his 1525 copy of the Bible. And uh, when you read uh, Matthew 2, 23, it says, He came, speaking of Joseph, He came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, He shall be called a Nazarene. Well, here is how, uh, there's some confusion on this. William Tyndale, in his 1525-1526 edition, translates it this way. And he went and dwelt in a city called Nazareth to fulfill it which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarite. That's why many cross-references in your Bible from Matthew 2.23 will take you to Judges 13, verse 5 and 7, speaking of Samson, who was a Nazarite, involving the long hair, not cutting his hair, and abstaining from wine and strong drink and anything having to do with grapes, etc. I believe I showed that Jesus was not a Nazarite outwardly. Now, inwardly, he would be the example for us to be separate from sin and purified and dedicated to God. But there's confusion on this. And so when we read these, uh, also the uh, early Bible scholars, there's uh, Tertullian and Jerome, both when they were speaking of this passage, also used the word Nazarite, speaking of in the place of Nazarene in Matthew 2, 23. And a modern Bible study helps. There's an online Bible help called the Blue Letter Bible. Well, in uh, under the Strong's lexicon for the Greek word number 3480, is the word is Nazarios, Nazarios, but it also confuses it, saying that could be Nazarite as well as Nazarene. So, I mean, even today there's 
And part of this is so Jerome in his Latin Vulgate also used the word Nazarite instead of Nazarene. And so it's persisted to this day. But I'll tell you, they're not associated. And if you'll indulge me for just a moment, I'd like to go through. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, speaking of languages. And I am a uh, preschool student of uh, languages. And I would like to point you to two, uh, my favorite college professor, Wilbur Fields, who taught me basic Hebrew, which I just about failed. So I'd like to give him credit for it, and uh, not credit for any errors I might make, but for giving me the interest in this. And I'd also like to point out a friend of my father named Fred Miller, who was a, a Hebrew scholar and a, a missionary to England, and he's passed away now. But his commentary on Isaiah and Zechariah is still online, and you can find it to this day. And he has extensive discussion of what we're about to talk about. So the, uh, there's some confusion in different words that are used. Okay, well, we talked about how in Nazarite and Nazarene sound similar. The first five letters, N-A-C-A-R. But actually, if you were going to discuss the, the Hebrew, there's a, there's a disconnect between English and Hebrew. They think different, they're different words, pronunciations, etc., the, the word for uh, a Nazarite would be transliterated N-A-Z-I-R pronounced Nazir but the word for the, that we're discussing would be transliterated N-E-T-S-E-R Netzer and they sound similar in English but in Hebrew they're completely different pronunciation different meaning different connotations different usage and so uh, many of you have uh, access to advanced study tools. You have a computer or a laptop you can look up. So I urge you to use uh, Study Helps when you, if you're interested. Uh, Strong's Concordance is excellent. But I'll tell you, when we're talking about he shall be called a Nazarene, now my belief is what it is pointing to is all the prophecies about Christ as the branch in now, you, you notice that in uh, Matthew 2.23, it says, He came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. There's, first of all, it was spoken. I'll also contend that it was also written down. But what was spoken was inspired by the Holy Ghost, as well as the scriptures themselves that we have written today. They're inspired also. But then it says it was by the prophets. Now, people will say, well, that can't be the branch prophecy, because Isaiah 11.1 1 is the only use of the word branch, netzer, that is in Isaiah. I mean, and the other prophets don't use that word. So there's only one prophet and only one place. Well, I would, uh, this is not original to me, but Fred Miller in his commentary says that when these different words are used, and speaking of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, they're used interchangeably. And we, we often will have different words speaking of the same thing. Like for the president, we would have, well, he's uh, the commander-in-chief. He's also the president. He's, uh, you know, but speaking of the same person. So we use different titles to speak of the same person. You look at a tree, and there's a branch growing out of it. But also you would say, well, it has a limb growing out of it. Well, the branch and limb, you use them interchangeably. Now, there's two Hebrew words that we're going to be looking at today, if you're interested. The uh, Hebrew word... For uh, netzer or branch, 
That will be uh, the Strong's Hebrew word number 5342, Nestor. Speaking of a branch or descendant, and then the other word is Semach, which is Hebrew word 6779. And it's so those two in. Now that I got that out of the way, let's go through the passages. Now, this is a very exciting. In, in the scripture, God is very careful that we don't establish our own righteousness, but that we establish the righteousness of God. And in Romans chapter 10, speaking of Israel, Matthew, uh, uh, Romans 10, 1 through 3, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge, for being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, they have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Yeah. I would contend that this passage in Matthew 2.23 is about the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is a fulfillment of these prophecies. Yeah. And if this verse was not in here, we wouldn't know the specific fulfillment of these prophecies in Christ. Now let's go look at Isaiah Chapter 11, verse 1. Now, this is a fascinating prophecy of Christ. And the, it's speaking about the branch of the Lord. Yeah. Hebrews, uh, Isaiah 11, 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. There's the word branch. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's keep reading. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding and the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. It continues. This is a, the Messiah that the Jews have longed for for thousands of years. Well, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ is the Messiah, and this is a prophecy of him. He is the righteous branch, a branch. Now you notice it says in Isaiah 11, 1, he is a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall go out of his roots. Now, speaking of who was Jesse? Well, Jesse was the father of King David. Yeah. He was uh, the uh, father of David, and many times a uh, a king or a kingdom is pictured in Scripture as a tree. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a a tree now out of the root of Jesse. David came from Jesse. And David was given a promise by God that he would always have a man to sit on his throne, that he would, and his kingdom, now he never did achieve the peace that Solomon did, but he, because he was a man of war, he was consolidating the kingdom of peace, Solomon had the peace, but David, his kingdom, they only had one dynasty, they didn't have all these other kings, now, the northern kingdoms had, they kept changing dynasties, but there was one dynasty in the southern kingdom, so the picture of a tree that's growing up, and when Solomon was king, it was just a gigantic tree. Well, then it's split. You have Jeroboam and Rehoboam. Now the tree is starting to get some branches knocked off, some decay. It continues. Eventually, the part of the tree just split off completely. Gone. The northern tribes of Israel were carted off to Assyria and were in captivity. Well, then, eventually, in Jeremiah 22... You come to the last king in the line of David, Jeconiah. 
when God had finally had enough, he kept saying, okay, I'll, uh, because I made the promise to David, I won't do it in your lifetime, but I'll do it later. Well, finally, he had had enough about Jeconiah, and he was at the end of the line. He said, no, I'm not taking any more. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 24. As I live, saith the Lord, though Coniah, or Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet on my right hand, I would pluck thee hence. Yeah. Verse 26, I will cast thee out, yeah. and thy mother that bear thee into another country where you were not born, and there shall ye die. Verse 30, thus saith the Lord, write ye this man childless. A man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper, sitting upon the throne of David and ruling anymore in Judah. So now, you got this majestic tree that split in half, and then it kept decaying and decaying until it got cut down, forgotten, and ignored, and it was decaying and rotten. And finally, earth was over it, and it was just, don't remember that tree anymore. When they came back from Babylon, they didn't have a king after from the tribe of Judah, they didn't have anyone from the king from the line of David. It was the other people were ruling, the Hasmoneans. There's a lot of history if you're interested. But let's tell you, there wasn't anybody from the tribe of Judah or from the line of David. This forgotten tree was underground. Well then, out of the roots came a sprout springing up, this branch growing back into a tree. Isaiah 53 speaks of this. To whom, who, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Christ, this dead tree, decaying and rotten, but out of the roots yeah. came this sprout springing up into a tree. That's yeah. speaking of Christ. Amen. He's growing, he's budding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we yeah. remember that Jeconiah was not going to prosper, and he was going to be written childless, and no man from him would be on the king mm-hmm. on the throne of David. This is the this is the fulfillment of the prophecy to David. Amen. Well, we're in Jeremiah chapter 22. Let's go back. Let's go forward one chapter. Jeremiah 23. Now, we just read that Jeconiah was going to be counted childless. He was actually given the burial of a donkey. In Jeremiah 22, 19, speaking of when he dies, they shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, oh, my brother or our sister. They shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, oh, Lord, or Ah, oh, his glory. He shall buried, be buried with the burial of an ass, drawn and cast forth beyond the gates of Jerusalem. They just dug a hole and threw him in and walked away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> with the contrast between Jesus Christ, who is from the line of David, from the line of Jesse, mm-hmm. This is a, this is a, f- a prophecy that is fulfilled today. Yeah. I believe there is yet a future fulfillment when the, the nation of Israel 
sees this, and they believe it, and they turn to the Lord and are saved. Jeremiah 23, verse 5 and 6. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper. We just read that Jeconiah was not going to prosper, that there was nobody from the line of David in there. But now we have a king reigning and prospering, and he shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Amen. That's the righteousness of God that God established, not my own righteousness. Yes. I'll take you to the New Testament. Second Corinthians five twenty one. I believe this is my very favorite verse in the Bible. God the Father speaking of His Son. He hath made Him Mm -hmm. to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Mm -hmm. He takes my sin. Mm -hmm. He takes it upon Himself. Mm -hmm. His righteousness, His sinless perfection, He takes His righteousness and gives it to me in a divine exchange. That is contained in this verse. Mm -hmm. That's contained in Matthew 2.23 when it says he should be called the Nazarene. It's pointing to Christ Jesus, the righteous branch, the king who is reigning and prospering, Mm -hmm. the king who is Jehovah Tzidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. Now what man would be called by the name of Jehovah? Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, that is Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. the Son of God and the Son of Man. How else could you have Mm -hmm. a person... A man, in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, coming from the root of Jesse. And we read, continuing on in this chapter. Go down to Isaiah chapter 11, verse 10. In that day there shall be a root of Jesse. It doesn't say he's... Here we got a, a rod out of the stem of, stem of Jesse... A branch growing out of his roots. Now, who who would be the root that Jesse came from? <laughs> that is not any ordinary man. Now, we owe our existence to Jesus Christ. He's the creator. Every person, we owe our life, our breath, everything we have to him. He is the one from whom Jesse came. And yet he came from Jesse. That's not speaking of any ordinary man. That's the Son of God and the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, the righteous branch. In that day there shall be a root of Jesse which shall stand for an ensign of the nation of the people to it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. I'm a Gentile, but I am following the Lord's Christ, the Lord's Messiah, and all the people of Israel who are hoping for the Messiah to come, I declare to you, he is here reigning in heaven right now. You can read this, this is an amazing prophecy. Now, this is the word netzer or branch. It's only used once, but the other word is semach. It's, uh, they're used interchangeably when they're speaking of Christ. It's the same context. We have Jesse. He came from Jesse, yet he's the root from which Jesse came. Yeah. In Revelation 22, verse 16, we read, speaking of Christ Jesus, This is, by the way, it's in red letters, if you have a Bible that has red letters. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. He's from 
He's the root of David. So he's the root of Jesse, he's the root of David, and he's also the offspring of David. The prophecies that Christ, that that David would always have a man to sit on his throne, I'd urge you to look at 2 Samuel 7, 14, which is a promise that God himself made, and God cannot lie. This is what he said. Speaking to David, 2 Samuel 7, starting verse 12, Speaking, when David was getting ready to die, when thy days be fulfilled and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, by the way, he didn't, he was punished for our iniquities. But if he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men. He took my sin, and it was counted. He took my punishment. He was chastened with a rod of men. They beat him, and they crucified him Uh because of my sin. But this is a prophecy Mm -hmm. that's fulfilled in Christ. I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 4, verse 2. This is also in the book of Isaiah. In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel by the way continue reading this it shall come to pass that he that is left in Zion and he that remaineth in Jerusalem shall be called holy even everyone that is written among the living in Jerusalem that is fulfilled today among the Gentiles and those those few Jews who believe Mm -hmm. I believe there is coming a day when all Israel will be saved Amen. Now here it says, When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion. Yeah. Who can wash away the filth of the stain of sin? Only Christ could Amen. do that. That's right. He shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of burning. Mm-hmm. It says, In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious. Yeah. Now I see him as beautiful and glorious. Yeah. When he was on that cross, he was not beautiful. It says he had no beauty that we should desire him. He was beat to a pulp and mangled. He had blood dripping from him. He he was not recognizable as a human being. He died. He gave up his life. Then they buried him in a tomb. That was not beautiful. That was not glorious. But God raised him from the dead on the third day. That was beautiful. And now he was seen by witnesses... And 40 days later, he was ascended into heaven. God exalted him and glorified him. He's now sitting on God's throne at his right hand. He is beautiful and glorious. And I hope you can see the beauty and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ as the branch of the Lord, the righteous branch. I would take you to Zechariah chapter 3. Zechariah, go to the book of Matthew and go back two books. Just flip back a couple of pages. Zechariah chapter 3. It's a, the story is of Joshua, the high priest. I would remind you that Joshua is a Hebrew name. And Jesus mm-hmm. is, uh, came through Greek into English, mm-hmm. the word Jesus. In Hebrew, you might actually say Yeshua or Yehoshua mm-hmm. or Joshua. Jesus... Hebrew name would be Joshua or Yeshua. This is a picture of a high priest 
And you can read the picture, read the story. I'm not going to get into it too much, but he was filthy. Yeah. He was cleaned up. He was given new clothes. He was given the royal robes and the breastplate and the mitre set on his head and crowns. He was a, this man is a prototype of Christ in a limited fashion. Go down to verse 8, Zechariah 3, 8. Hear now, O Joshua, the high priest, thou and thy fellows that sit before thee, for they are men wondered at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant, the branch. Now throughout the prophets, Mm -hmm. we see that Jesus Christ is the servant. He was, with all the glory of the Lord, sharing the glory of God, he was God. When he came to earth, he had the fullness of the Godhead dwelling in him bodily. Amen. Mm-hmm. But yet he's a servant, the branch. This is tied in with the prophecy. Mm-hmm. And we notice that he was, uh, Behold the stone that I have laid before Joshua. Upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Mm-hmm. That's really obscure. Yeah. Linda tells me I may, must hurry on. Let me point to you, in the book of Revelation, we have the stone with seven eyes. In Isaiah chapter 11, 2 and 3 and 4, we have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the sevenfold, the complete Spirit of the Lord. Now, in, I believe this is a reference to the Holy Spirit on one stone and seven eyes, just a complete Spirit. You'd follow the different references to that in uh, uh, Zechariah and uh, Revelation. Let's go to uh, Zechariah chapter 6. Now we have verse 10. Take of them of the captivity, even of Heldai, of Tobijah, and Jediah, which are come from Babylon, and come thou the same day. And go into the house of Josiah, the son of Zephaniah. Take silver and gold, and make crowns, and set them upon the head of Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest. And speak unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch. He shall grow up out of his place. He shall build the temple of the Lord. Even he shall build the temple of the Lord, and he shall bear the glory, and shall sit and rule upon his throne, and he shall be a priest upon his throne, and the council of peace shall be between them both. You notice he's the man whose name is a branch. In Fred Miller's commentary, I believe that the correct translation, well, not the correct translation, the correct understanding of it says, he shall be called a Nazarene, the man who is the branch. He came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. Mm -hmm. Behold, the man who is called the branch. The word for Nazareth is related to Mm -hmm. this prophecy of the branch. Mm -hmm. They're very similar in the languages. You notice he has crowns. He's a king and a priest. Kings come from Judah. Mm -hmm. The Lord Jesus was from Judah. You can read that in Matthew chapter 1. He's from the lineage of David. You read in Luke chapter 3, he's from the lineage of David. Mm-hmm. In Matthew 1, it's a prophecy, it's a uh, genealogy mm-hmm. through Joseph. Now, Joseph was not his father. Mm-hmm. He was his foster father. God was his father. Mm-hmm. But the uh, 
the right to rule a throne legally came through Joseph. Mm -hmm. But yet Mary, his mother, was also a descendant. Now you notice, if you're studying in Matthew chapter 1, you come to the point, you go through the different kings, and then you come to Jeconiah. Well, wait a minute. In Jeremiah 22, it says, He shall be written childless. Well, it could be, I don't know if he had any children, it could be someone else, a near relative like a nephew or somebody who was counted as a son. I don't know. But let me tell you, even though he inherited, Joseph inherited the legal right to the throne, it's only because of Mary that Jesus was able to inherit the throne of his father David. And in Luke chapter 3, it's a prophecy, it's the genealogy of David, the genealogy of Jesus through Mary. Now, we have David and Solomon and then the kings after him. But you notice in the Luke chapter 3, it bypasses, instead of going through Solomon, it goes through Solomon's younger brother, Nathan. And yet he's still in, in the line of David. You have a king from the tribe of Judah and a priest from the tribe of Levi. So you can't be a king and a priest because you have to be two, two different tribes at the same time, and you can't do that. But Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. He's from the lineage of David. The prophecy is that he will inherit his father's, David's throne. He's not a, but he's not a priest from the order of Levi. He's a priest from the order of Melchizedek, a totally different order, a much better order. There's only one in that whole category. I would like to take you back to Jeremiah 23. We are righteous because of him. Now we have the the man who is the branch, the servant the branch, the righteous branch, the branch who is beautiful and glorious. Mm-hmm. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise up unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. He is righteous. He's Jehovah our righteousness. Go to uh, Jeremiah chapter 33. This is also a prophecy of the branch. Jeremiah 33, 15 and 16. In those days and at that time will I cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David. This is a fulfillment of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Notice the, the righteous, the branch of righteousness growing up unto David. Mm-hmm. And he shall execute judgment and righteousness in the land. In those days shall Judah be saved and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. Mm-hmm. And this is the name wherewith she shall be called. Uh-huh. The Lord, our righteousness. Yeah. When there's a wedding, you have the groom and the bride. The bride takes the groom's name. It's not our righteousness. It's his righteousness. We are called by his name. Now this is speaking, those who have been cleansed from their filthiness and purged from their sin and who are saved, this is the name wherewith she shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. This is the righteousness of God. This is not the righteousness of man. This is... I don't want you to be ignorant of God's righteousness. 
We are righteous only because of him. Amen. I would point to you in the prophecy, he shall be called a Nazarene. Mm-hmm. We're speaking of all the prophecies of the branch, the, the beautiful mm-hmm. and glorious branch, yeah. the branch who is the root from the root of Jesse, and yet he is the root of yeah. Jesse. We're speaking of the man who is called the branch. Yeah. We're talking about the branch of righteousness uh-huh. unto David and the righteous branch. We're talking about the branch of the Lord, the servant, the branch, who is ruling as a king and a priest on his throne. And I think I've completed my mission of explaining this passage, and there's yet so much more to understand, and I'll keep studying, but I highly recommend a book that was very helpful to me at the uh, recent renewal, Brother Al Stoner gave me a copy of his book on Isaiah. Yeah. And I urge you all to get a copy of that book and read it. And he, he goes into detail about the branch of the Lord yeah. in Isaiah chapter 4-2 and Isaiah 11. And he ties in the passages from Jeremiah and Zechariah. Mm-hmm. I just urge you to contemplate mm-hmm. Jesus, the Nazarene, yeah. the man who is the branch. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word and the prophecies that were fulfilled. And we thank you for Jesus Christ, who is our king and priest on his throne. I thank you that we can become righteous because of him. And I proclaim his righteousness. We thank you for your blessing on us. Help us to just have a hunger and thirst for you. And we thank you. Ask all this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.